All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Tuesday, January 31st of 2023, already one full month into 2023. Uh, plenty of DFS to play tonight. Got an eight-game NBA slate, and we also have a three-game hockey slate, um, you know, right about that time of the week where I start to think about golf lineups. Uh, we'll probably be building any golf lineups tomorrow. So if you guys have questions about NHL, NBA, golf, uh, today is always a great day to get your questions answered. For those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew, one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions that come in in the Office Hours channel. In our Discord server, if you're not joined up in our Discord, there's a link in the description below to get joined up. Highly recommend it as always. And if you are just tuning in, have questions, throw them in the live YouTube chat. We will get to all the questions before the end of the show here. But that being said, going to get Saberson pulled up here. Uh, had a couple questions come in in the Office Hours channel. So we will get to those uh, first, and then we will jump on over to the YouTube chat. So uh, first question here from Elder came in yesterday. And I uh, really, really appreciate you guys, you know, sending in your questions throughout the day. Makes makes a big help to, to getting the show kicked off. Elder said, does Saberson account for players changing metrics, usage rate, assist rate, etc., cetera, uh, when other players are ruled out before the game begins? So, uh, I, I think I know where the spirit of this question came from. You know, Trey Young was ruled out. Uh, they were in the last game of the night. And, uh, you know, obviously that opens up a ton of usage, a ton of shots, uh, you know, all of those things. So, so yes, the answer is yes. Uh, we understand, you know, what players are on the court and uh, who's off the court. So, you know, as soon as Trey Young gets ruled out, you could probably see it in the NBA lineup alerts channel. In the Discord, you could see him get ruled out, and then you could probably see one or multiple Sims kick off. That is us accounting for him now being out. And then basically when we remove him from the available uh, player pool for the Hawks, uh, we now have to understand, you know, who's on the court, how do they play in this situation, uh, who gets the additional usage, etc. So we understand that, you know, um, they're – the more instances things like this happen, like if, if, you know, there are times throughout the season where Trey Young is, you know, off the court and a certain group of players are on the court, that is just additional data. Uh, we, we understand that we can use that to create new projections based on the new players in the games. So uh, we, we, we update projections throughout the night. The only thing we did not update is ownership. So if, if, uh, if I was you like in that situation, and this is something I did myself, which is why I recommend it. Uh, I would give it like a little additional ownership to DeJounte Murray in that instance, just because uh, we are not rerunning ownership throughout the slate, but we are updating projections, right? So, you know, Trey Young gets ruled out. DeJounte Murray gets a bunch of extra usage and, and extra projection. He's probably going to be higher owned in that instance. So I would come in here, you know, if he's at like eight ownership, uh, you know, give him like a little boost, you know, maybe double it. I think, you know, you don't have to be exactly perfect with those ownership adjustments, but if you can make directionally accurate uh, improvements, that's only a better input to the builder and helps the builder to make good decisions. So if, if, you know, he's like 2% owned and then the news comes out and then you don't change it, uh, 
you know, that's that's probably inaccurate, right? He's probably going to be closer 10%, 15%. I think he got up to like 25% yesterday. So so by by making that adjustment, you're just kind of helping the builder understand all the factors in play. So good question, Elder. Uh, let me know if you need any additional clarification. Benny Hanna said, hi, Andrew. Hello, Benny Hanna. Glad you are able to tune into the show. Ask any questions you have, please. All right, scrolling down here to K Polo. K Polo said, Hi, Andrew. Has Mini Neeks been added to Late Swap or is it just still in beta testing? K Polo, really good question. Late Swap pools are now live in the app. If you were to do a Late Swap, you would have the ability to uh, adjust Mini Neeks, adjust exposures, change your pool size, um, you know. Uh, do lineup filters and get rid of lineups. You know, I'm just running a normal build right here. We're not in the late swap uh, process yet. I don't have any lineups to late swap, but uh, basically your late swap should look just like a normal build now. If The only thing is uh, if you want to see uh, how many of your lineups changed and unchanged, that has now moved. So before, you know, it used to be like lineups changed and unchanged, but now that we have the pool and trash columns back, uh, if you just hover over your lineups, it'll say like, you know, lineups, parentheses, you know, 20, for instance. If you just hover over that, it, it could say like, you know, uh, 19 lineups changed, one unchanged. And, and that number should always be the number of lineups that you are swapping. So that is live in the app. Really excited about that. Uh, have had a lot of positive feedback up to this point. So let us know if you guys uh, have any more questions about lace belt pools. All right. All uh, right. Interesting question here from Fisty, and Fisty said, uh, Andrew, what are some options for spreading out exposures to groups of players? Say last night I had 50% Luka, and 70% of Luka lineups had Rui Hachimura in it, I and I had Mini Unique set to four. I can use filters by the two players and delete lineups from the bottom of the pool, but that's too time-consuming. I still want them together, but not 70% of my Luka lineups. With them together, I guess, more control to the grouping of players. Sometimes Minionix does the trick, but not all the time. Okay, so this is a really good question, Fisty. Uh, for, for some of you guys, you know, not, not 100% sure what we're talking about. Uh, I'm just going to kind of demo this for you guys here. So basically what he is saying is like, hey, you know, I have, um, let's say I have 50 lineups that have, I'm going to, I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this slate for example here. So, so in my 20 lineups, I have 100% Jalen Brunson, right? If you hit this magnifying icon, you can see how many other players are in the lineup with him. So, so for instance, I'm going to hit this plus magnifying icon. These exposures are going to update. So what this is now telling me is that I have LaMelo Ball in all 20 lineups with Jalen Brunson. I have Herbert Jones in nine of the lineups that Jalen Brunson is in, et cetera, et cetera, right? Uh, because he's in all 20, these aren't going to update. But let's take somebody like uh, DeMar DeRozan, for instance. He's only in 12, right? So if we hit his um, magnifying icon, you know, he was in – 50 he was in 60 percent of our 20 right but then this is going to update and it's going to show okay i'm looking at all demar de rosen lineups so he's in 100 of those 12 lineups 
And then Jalen Brunson and LaMelo are also in all 12. Quentin Grimes is in 10 of the 12. So this is a way to like see player grouping and and see what other players are in the lineups with with a with a with the one player with a group of players you could use multiple filters right so if i wanted to do demar Derozan and jericho sims i could do a plus icon on both of them and then you know that that number of lineups is getting smaller right now we're only looking at eight lineups where they're together but then we're also be able to see the complementary pieces uh to those lineups which is still 100 brunson and lamello uh, so, so this is a way of like looking a little closer, looking under a magnifying glass at some of your exposures. And it sounds like this is what Fisty was doing. He said, Hey, you know, um, I had, let's say I had 50 lineups with Luka Doncic and in 25% of those, uh, lineups, um, what did he say? Last time I had 50% Luka. So, so maybe he has 50 lineups total, 25% of them have Luka. But then 70% of those 25 also have Rui Hachimura. And he's asking, you know, is there any way to kind of control this? Uh, what are the best ways of, of lowering that number, right? So you you kind of pointed out the first and most obvious one. So the, the I'll say simplest method. I'm not going to say the easiest method. The simplest method is to say, you know, okay, let's look at Brunson. And then I have LaMelo here, right? You know, they're in 100% of the lineups. Maybe I don't want that, right? So I can just filter for lineups with both of them using the plus icons. I can scroll down here to the bottom, and then I can just start trashing my lowest Sabre score lineups where they're both uh, together. I, probably before doing that, what I would do is I would go over to my pool. Like if you know that, all right, I'm already I'm already tapped out like on, on this player combination. I don't want any more of it. I would first go to the pool and then I would bulk trash the pool lineups. So by doing this, you know, I could delete five lineups here. I might get five more with them together. So I would just bulk trash all the lineups in the pool where they're together and start from there. And then I'm just going to hit fill. Uh, interesting. So, that did not work how exactly I wanted it to. So what I what should have happened? Well, actually, hold on. Let's go back. So let's go back to the trash. You know, if you ever like delete lineups, you just go into the trash and hit this uh, green clear all filters and uh, trash lineups, and then you can uh, put them all back where they were to start, and then you can kind of start over if, if you ever do something wrong. So what I thought was going to happen is, you know, I have these Brunson and then I have these Lomelo. There's 20 here and then there's 180 in the pool. Okay. So what it is doing is it is taking my lineups as part of the pool. I don't, I, I don't think it should do this. So, you know, if you guys ever see something funny, something looks wrong, uh, just hit a report a problem. And then just say, uh, like, my lineups and pull lineups both being bulk trashed. And then our team can look into this and see what's going on. What I expected to happen was that, you know, my 20 lineups are going to be separate from the rest of my lineups in the pool. And I could just bulk trash these one these 180 if they were different from the 20 that way i could get rid of you know five or so 
And then I would be very certain that more lineups of the same construction would not get into my 20. So I think that is how it should work. I'm going to look into uh, that behind the scenes to see if that, if that's the way it works, but, but getting back to the example, not getting too far off track here. Uh, easiest way is, is to come into your lineups and just trim off the bottom of the pool. Um, you know, a, a point to, to what I was just talking about. You do run the risk of additional lineups of the same construction being put back in. So that's um, something you have to look out for. But as far as like how to do this in the app, I don't think there's a great way to do it, frankly. What I would suggest is look at the two players that you are um, considering or or uh, wanting to limit and then figure out which one is most important to you and just limit the exposure of that secondary player in that two-player group. So, for instance, you know, if if I had to pick between Luka Doncic and and Rui Hachimura, like I'm, I'm for sure prioritizing my Luka exposure. But um, so then what I would do is like, okay, you know, maybe I have um, like 40% of Rui and I'm just going to decrease his max exposure to 20. At least I know that I am limiting him. And then that is probably in having an effect on the number of lineups that he is in with Jalen with uh with Luca right so we could we could do do an example here I have these two Brunson and Lamelo ball um hundred percent so I'm gonna chop Lamelo to like sixty percent here and then I'm gonna hit apply and then now if I go to my Brunson you know Brunson's still in all twenty now Lamelo is only in sixty percent so I would just uh try and figure out who the most important one is for you and then uh decrease the exposure to that secondary player, you know, not the best solution. I understand that kind of a workaround, uh, definitely something we've talked about, um, allowing users to do, it is a tricky problem. You know, the, the really tricky part about it is that, you know, let's say that we, we did something where it's like, okay, uh, if I did a magnifying glass on Jalen Brunson, you know, could I edit his min and max exposures, uh, for all these other players, like, yeah, that, that sounds really cool and, and pretty innovative. The problem is if you run into issues, right? If, if you run into an issue with your lineups, not being able to meet exposures, uh, not being able to, um, have enough available lineups, how do you troubleshoot that? How do you go and find it? Right? Because here I can see what my exposures are. You know, if, if I run into an issue, if I have like an exposure that can't be met, this box becomes red, right? And it'll tell me like, hey, you know, couldn't meet exposures. You can come in here. You could see uh, what exposures can't be met. Like what What if you did that to 10 players? Like you're going to have to go magnifying glass each one of them and try and figure out uh, where the issue is coming from. So it because we can't display it really well, that is kind of the technical challenge. Uh, they're going to require some, some, some innovation and some thought. Uh, we're working on some really cool things behind the scenes. I can't really talk too much about, but uh, I, I understand that is a frustration and I will make a note of that kind of as like a feature request. Uh, how, how would I say it? Uh, player grouping exposures innovation. And uh, I will just take that back to the team. See if uh, we could, you know, put that on the dock to be worked on in the future. Fisty. Dan King had a good question in regards to this conversation said, would it be best to set a group rule? The only issue with that, Dan, is that, you know, group rules are all or none. 
So if I were to do that, you know, if it's like uh, group rule, uh, you know, use no more than one. And then I put, you know, LaMelo and Jalen Brunson, like now they're never going to be used, right? Uh, what the rule, what, what Fisty was kind of saying is like, hey, you know, I, I want to just kind of limit the exposure of them together. I don't want to get rid of it 100%, but I don't like uh, the fact that they're being used together at such a high rate. So, you know, with, with, with lineup rules, it is kind of all or none. There's no way to say like, hey, apply rule to like 50% of my pool or something like that. So that is the reason that that does not work, but that is a good question and clarification. All right, moving on. Got a question here from Ferndog. Ferndog said, for late swap, after the initial lock of games, I want to late swap if players are out. So how do I handle the sliders? I have heard that I need to, to lower ownership fade to zero. Is this correct? And what about the other sliders? What to do with those, if anything? Thank you. Okay, Ferndog, really good question here. So, frankly, you know, the my... My advice is that, you know, the slider settings for the contest that you're playing are the best slider settings for that contest, right? So you technically do not have to change them at all throughout the night. Like, like these are the best settings. You know, I think basketball kind of uh, throws people for a loop with, with how often you need to late swap. Just think of it as, you know, instead of putting your lineup all in at once and leaving it, you are putting in your lineup um, slowly throughout the night and taking advantage of the latest projections to build the best possible lineup. That does not change, you know, the amount of correlation you need. That does not change the amount of ownership page you need. That does not change the amount of SIM diversity you need. Uh, it is just kind of a more drawn out process, but ultimately leads to the same place of, a uh, complete lineup full of uh, correlation aspects, ownership fade aspects, and upside aspects that give you the best chance to win your contest, right? So, so you know, do you have to change the sliders? No, you do not. There are, you know, game theory discussions that go on in, in the Discord and in the industry about, like, uh, changing the way that you build lineups throughout the night as the night gets longer. So, you know, in regards to this conversation about ownership fade, the reason that, um, you know, it has been thrown around about decreasing ownership fade is because basically, you know, as the night goes on, right? Like, let's say there's a five game slate tonight. Uh, this four o'clock game locks, the four thirty game locks, these two, five o'clock games lock. And then there's one game left, right? There's a big two hour gap. There's one game left, right? Uh, let's say that Nikola Jokic gets ruled out. Surprise, uh, surprise rule out. Nobody was really expecting it. Wasn't questionable, right? At this point, um, the, the, the argument for decreasing ownership fade is that you just want to get to the best plays at this point. Uh, what ownership fade does is it will judge players based on their projections in the Sims and then apply an ownership metric to it. So high owned players get like taxed and then low owned players get a boost. Um, there, there's an argument for like, Hey, I, at this point in the slate, I just want the best plays. So, you know, don't apply this ownership uh, tax or boost. Just give me like the best possible players that are left. 
So that's like the argument for decreasing ownership fade, which can make some sense in some instances. Um, I think it depends one on like the size of the slate. Like this is a five game slate, right? So, uh, you know, one single game is, is 20% of the slate. I, I think that I would, even if, you know, big news like that did break, I would probably still keep my ownership fade on uh, just because like, I am not certain that even if I am doing good, that, that, uh, score is going to hold because there is like such a large portion of the game left. I think it's like, you know, big 12, 13 game slate. And this is like, you know, the, the last game of the night. Uh, I think there's probably some, some more merit to decreasing ownership fade at that point, but it's not something you have to do. It's not like a, uh, like proven like thing. It's not like, you know, late swapping itself, right? Like late swapping is 100% positive EV, uh, it remains to be determined if lowering ownership fade is uh, better than than leaving it at the default or not. I have, we haven't done any back testing on that that I know of, but it does have uh, some intuitive uh, logic and and uh, makes some sense uh, if you hear it. But uh, I don't think it's necessary. So I would just stick with the defaults if you're not sure if it's something you want to experiment with. I think that's okay. You know, that is like a conscious decision that you have to make. And, uh, you know, I would encourage you to track the results and see if you get any different um, results. You know, run two builds, like run run a late swap with ownership fade on and then run a late swap with ownership fade off and uh, try and, you know, download the lineups, do stuff in Excel, do stuff in Python and, and see if you could do some back testing and see if it makes a uh, difference, if that's in your skill set, right? So that's in your skill set skill set more power to you but i would just stick with the defaults all right good question there uh that wraps oh no i'm sorry a couple more questions here in the discord two more to go uh d king said is there a way to set up default filters that will show up as they did before they were removed in a recent update okay yes so uh we have like the filter icon here on the home screen it does reset every day. The reason that we did that was because, you know, regardless of whether this is a five-game NBA slate versus a 12-game NBA slate, you know, we would just carry over the same default filter to the next classic slate. But we didn't feel like that was right when, you know, sometimes there's a two-game slate, sometimes there's a three-game slate, sometimes there's a five, sometimes there's an eight, sometimes there's a 12. Uh, those filters should, should really be... Uh, different based on slate context and slate size. So what we decided to do was that uh, there is no more default filter. There is no more carrying over of the filters. What I would really suggest for you guys is, you know, come into your filters, go to add filter, create a filter, right? And then what you do is like, you know, they don't want to do one where it's like show players with my projection greater than we'll say 13. I would just name it, you know, I would just say, uh, you know, my proj greater than 13 here. And I'm going to hit save. When I hit save, one, it's going to apply to this group. But two, it's going to now come up to this load filters up at the top. And you can see that I have uh, filters that were saved. I also have filters that aren't saved. If you have filters that you use regularly, or if you have filters for different slates, right? You could, you could even do something like that. Like maybe this, my proj 13, maybe this is like, four game slate and then uh i hit save and then you know you have another filter 
that is like a eight game slate and, and you could save those and load those. So I would really suggest you guys like load those, track those, uh, name them different things. And then when you come into a, a new slate, you know, Oh, okay. What, well, how many games are on today's slate? You know, what does today's slate look like? Okay. What filter do I need? Come in here, click the drop down. you know, apply the filter and then that will be good to go. So that is what I would do. Oh, it looks like that was Dan King's question. So thank you. Yep. Happy to help Dan. And uh, that that is kind of our reasoning why we felt like um, those defaults were 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 too much of a blanket method and and uh, wanted to put some more control in the users' hands. But good question. Uh, let's see. Bossman Junior said, "Hello, Andrew. I tried downloading my CSV last night into FanDuel and it kept giving me an error. Could you please go over the steps to successfully download a CSV into FanDuel so my lineups are inputted?" into a contest thank you okay so um basically uh what i would do is first i would go over to our help docs so if you go up to the settings and then you go over to help here uh i'm gonna just pull this up quickly here pull up my screen so this is support um saberstim.com support and these are our help docs right what i would do is i would go to this how to fill your entries this will show you like how to do a CSV, how to upload it. Uh, another way you could do is come into our frequently asked questions, go over to view more, and then up at the top, just type in FanDuel. And then um, what I could do is, what, what you could do is like this, how to fill your entries, I think was the right video. So I just wanted to check that. So I, I would check out that video. That is a walkthrough of how to do it. And then also, you know, just talking about it here quickly. Um let me pull Saberson back up. So I'm going to get Saberson back up. So if I'm on Fandle, right, and I have a uh, contest tonight, I think I have a CSVN. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to come over to the entries. I'm going to come over to this download template file from Fandle. It's going to pop up Fandle. It's going to take you to the Fandle upcoming uh, page. From this page, you can hit the CSV edit button. And then from there, you can uh, download your CSV template. We can't download it for you automatically on FanDuel like we do on DraftKings. Unfortunately, you have to interact with the page to get it to pull up. But you can. Uh, but then once you download it, you just drag and drop it here. And then uh, now all of your contests will load in here. So then you're going to, you know, you're going to do your build. You're going to uh, make your adjustments, do your risk management. Whatever it may be, I'm just going to um, match my number of entries here. And I'm going to do a unique lineup for every entry that I have. I'm going to go to fill. I'm going to leave my fill method unique rank. And then I'm going to you know, sort my contests however I want to sort them. Maybe I want to sort them uh, by size or entries or, or price pool, whatever you want to do. And then I'm going to hit fill. And then once I hit fill, I'm going to hit this download button. Um, or I could also hit the download and open FanDuel button. And then if I do that, it's going to take me back to that upcoming page. And then from the upcoming page, I get to hit the CSV edit button on the slate that I'm playing. Uh, be careful if, you know, you're like, like say you already have um, entries for like the Super Bowl showdown, right? On FanDuel, make sure that you're picking the correct slate. You'll hit the CSV edit button and then you'll hit, it'll say upload file. You'll hit choose file. And then you can upload from there. So I would check that with that video. Basically, just walk through it right here, just um, while on the Saber Sim screen. So if you need a little more assistance, uh, 
if, if you're having more issues with it, like come today, I would just shoot us a reporter problem link or shoot us an email at support at sabersim.com and our support team will be happy to help you out. All right. Uh, moving over to YouTube chat. So a little feedback here yesterday from yesterday question. I answered yesterday. Uh, Christian was, was not, uh, happy with, with, uh, my response in full, uh, you know, Christian, I, I do apologize. I might've come off a little strong there. Uh, frankly, I just, uh, was, uh, probably a little too strong in getting my point across that, you know, you don't need to worry so much about ownership in these, uh, large classic slates. You should not be looking for the lowest owned sum lineups. We should really be trying to shoot for the highest upside lineups, regardless of, of, um, like some of that cumulative ownership until you get duped. Right. I think that is like a key, like, like, yes, you know, let the builder take into account ownership fade, let the builder, you know, kind of handle some of that ownership stuff. I, I really wouldn't worry too much about taking control of ownership until the lineups that you're getting, um, become duplicated in your contests. Right. So that, that is like, uh, my own opinion, you know, maybe other people on like the team or in the community have, have different opinions, but I don't think that, you know, you, I think by searching for like lower sum owned lineups that you are probably sacrificing projected points. And in a sport like NBA, um, you really don't want to do that. And, you know, ownership is usually uh, warranted. I think that the builder does does enough to get you like just enough different. Like you're not trying to be, you know, miles different from, from the rest of the contest. You're trying to be a little different. And, and it is that like a little different that is one going to keep your, uh, you know, projection of your lineup lineups higher, probably keep the upside of your lineups higher, but still allow you to win contests and be different from other lineups in that contest. So, you know, I, I would really not recommend anybody like, go and play, you know, really, really low some own lineups. I guess that was really the point that I was trying to get across. But uh, but don't overthink this stuff too much, you know. The builder is really good. The builder understands this stuff. I, I've never been duped in a classic NBA slate, and I don't really think that I'm I'm going to be. But those are my thoughts. Sorry uh, that uh, came across a little strong. But moving on here. Chicken Nuggy said, for NHL, are six stacks viable even for this small of a slate, obviously if the team goes off. It could get there, but generally seems like it might limit upside. I usually try to follow the in Saber semi trust. So it's probably correct. I'm getting it once in a while. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say two things on this. So one, I would say that um, the builder is going to give you stacks at a rate that they are viable, but, to you know something that Jordan talked about uh in a, in a recent uh pro video is and and something I've heard Matt say as well is you know sometimes if you're getting a lineup at a really low rate like a like an extremely low rate uh you got to be a little careful with that and the reason is that you know let's say let's say you're playing showdown for instance like extreme example you know make this like um easier to understand. Let's say you're playing showdown here, NFL showdown, and you have one lineup. Um, okay. Super Bowl is coming up. Let's think of uh, somebody. Let's say you have like one Boston Scott captain lineup and 
it gets in your top, you know, let's say you're 150 maxing. So the one Boston Scott captain lineup gets in your top 150. So you do not know if that is a one in 5,000 occurrence or a one in 100,000 occurrence. And the reason you don't know that is because it didn't happen again. So it might have just so been that Boston Scott was the optimal captain from, you know, the 5,000 Sims that we looked at. But because that never happened again, we don't know if that is, you know, is it one out of 10,000? Is it one out of 25,000? Like, does it ever occur again, right? So sometimes when you're getting certain constructions at an extremely low rate, uh, I, I, I would be okay passing on those. Uh, just because you don't know if they're going to happen again. But if it is occurring like, you know, more than like one to two times, uh, I would be more inclined to play that. I would say that, you know, SaberSim is probably giving you that construction at a rate that it makes sense for this, for such contest, right? For whatever contest that you are playing. So, you know, this is a three-game hockey slate tonight. Uh, You know, smaller slate for sure. Uh, Right off the bat here, you know, I... If I were to look at my six stacks, come over to stack types and look at how many six stacks I have, uh, you know, I have 1.6%, which is eight out of 500. So, you know, if if one of these uh, eight lineups had been in my top 20 and um, had made it up there, I would be okay with that, right? Frankly, I, I would probably be a little concerned if like all eight of them were, were up here, right? But if it's like one out of the eight, it's like, well, you know, this has occurred, you know, eight times out of 500, uh, you know, that's about like one and a half ish percent. I would be okay playing one of those lineups. Right. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that, those are the things that I'm thinking about when trying to make those decisions as to whether or not to let them in my lineups or not. So I think that, you know, if it's occurring at some frequency in your pool, uh, I'm okay playing it at at a at a similar rate, uh, but you know if, it, if it's like in ten lineups in my pool and all ten of them are in my set, I, I would get like a little nervous. I might uh, dial that back a little bit because the percentage just becomes uh, so more right. So you know if I have eight lineups of six stacks um, and then I have you know seven out of those eight, that's thirty five percent of my twenty that I'm playing are of that 1.6% of the pool. So like kind of just thinking about it, you know, in that way helps me kind of determine how I want to handle it. Not the same for everybody, but those are some of the things that I'm thinking about. All right. Uh, Good question there. A hockey question. Don't get to talk about hockey too much here. Um, Let's see. Uh, Kyle said, thank you. You covered it. Happy to help Kyle. And then Robert also said, NBA is too sharp to be, uh, fading for me. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's kind of one of the big things, uh, with NBA, right. Projections are good. Projections are sharp. Uh, ownership is, is usually warranted for most players. So not trying to do anything too crazy with some ownership, um, any like some ownership type rules, etc. But good questions there. Okay. Uh, that is all of the questions in the YouTube chat. I see one more question here in the office hours channel. So if anybody has any uh, questions that they want to get answered, now is a great time to get them in. So going to get this question from Mr. Bugless1 in Discord. Said, 
NBA showdown, min unique player, it's set at one. Is it best to leave it there or adjust to two or three min uniques? Okay, good question here. So what I would say is um this this is my this is my opinion, uh, because I've I've heard different opinions here. But when I am playing any uh type of showdown contest where I am most likely going to need the optimal score to win. I prefer to leave min uniques off or, or at one, let me say instead, excuse me. So going to run some lineups here for NBA showdown and going to kind of talk about this, but, but basically I think that in showdown um, there, there's going to be a lot of times where, you might be a 1v1 swap off of the best lineup. And if you increase this to two, then there is, there's going to be times where you are blocking yourself from the optimal construction. And frankly, I do not like to do that. I don't want to put myself in a spot where like I could just never get to the optimal construction. Right. Uh, so, so that is my big reason for leaving it at one. I have talked to Jordan about this and Jordan uh, feels uh, differently about it. He is okay giving up that edge because he thinks that by increasing mini uniques higher, that he is going to get a stronger um, mix of lineups and, and what he gains from increasing it is uh, outweighs what he loses from losing those one V one swaps. And, and that's okay. Right. To uh, you know, DFS, there's not one right way to play. Um, I would say if you're if you're interested in using min uniques, just understand that as a trade-off and and make a conscious decision to give that up. But you know, when 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 you know if that occurrence happens of that one v one swap, you got to be like, okay, well, you know, I I knew that coming in, and you know, nothing I could do now. You know, going to move on to the next slate and and stick with my process. So those are like my um, pros and cons of of doing it there. And it is kind of up to the user to decide what is best for them. You know, you're never going to get to like as many, many uniques on, as you can get on a classic slate just because there are less lineup positions. But, uh, but those are my thoughts on, on mini uniques for, for showdown. So let me know if you have any follow-up there. It uh, looks like there was a little bit of follow-up here for the question from uh, Fisty here. Fisty said, yeah, overall exposures to Rui was around 40%. Need to be able to shift, click a bunch of lineups to select them, then delete. It's not a big deal. Most nights, the exposures are more spread out. And then uh, Jordan Vigo jumped in and said, always thought it would be the nuts if we could set exposures when a filter was set. Not sure if that's even possible. Yeah, we did talk about that a little bit, Jordan Vigo, uh, if you are catching this. A um, little bit of a technical challenge, some things that we need to continue building, uh, some, some really fun things coming down the pipeline for you guys. Uh, can't speak too much about it, but I could definitely tease about it. You know, team is always hard at work trying to make things better for our users. All right, jump back to uh, YouTube chat question here from Dan King said, Hey, Andrew, earlier you mentioned something about ownership not being updated, such as in the case of Trey Young last night. Is it set once the first sim is run in the morning and not updated after? Okay, good question, Dan. So, so ownership updates all the way up until lock. Once the main slate or whatever slate you're playing, like once the slate locks, we do not update ownership anymore. So, you know, if you're playing the main slate tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, once this Miami Cleveland game starts, we are not going to update ownership 
afterwards. So if anybody gets ruled out, I, I would, I, I highly recommend making ownership adjustments. Let's say Giannis gets ruled out, right? Uh, or we'll stick with our Nikola Jokic example. Or no, let's go Giannis because this one's kind of earlier in the slate. Uh, will be more opportunities for people to swap. So let's say Giannis gets ruled out, you know, uh, Milwaukee value slate, like come in here and, and give these guys a little boost. If Drew Holiday's at 15%, you know, bump him to 20 bump Brooke Lopez to 20, like give everyone a little bit of extra ownership just because they're going to get extra usage. Their value is going to go up. I think value could be a good indication. You know, if uh, Chris Middleton is a 3.95 value uh, before the slate and then Giannis gets rolled out and then he becomes like a six value, but he's at, you know, 0.8 ownership. You can be sure that he is not going to stay at 0.8% ownership and his ownership is going to increase. So uh, if if you guys see situations like that, I would come into the team and I would adjust the ownership projections. Not doesn't need to be science, just needs to be uh, something to tell the builder like, hey, these guys are going to be more owned, and then let the builder figure out what's best from there. Uh, Dan said, good to know there. Yep, happy to happy to help you guys out and, and uh, show you guys how to uh, get, get some more edge. Uh, it's just accurate inputs, right? That's all we're looking for is, is more accurate inputs to, uh, help the builder make the best decisions for your lineups. All right. Uh, so had that question from Dan come in. I think that's all the questions for today, everybody. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, if you guys have any thoughts while you're building your lineups, questions throughout the day, throw them in the office hours channel in discord so we can uh, get these shows kicked off with a steady flow of questions while people tune in, while while people ask live questions. So appreciate everybody tuning in. We'll be right back tomorrow for our Wednesday show, February 1st already. So looking forward to another good month of this show. And until then, I will see you all. Take care.